0: Hello from a and Night Country, this is Tim McArdle, Leroy Junior Senior High School Principal, and welcome back to another edition of Principal McArdle's Weekly Update Podcast. We have an awesome show in store for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing from our Wacken Knights. Alright, we're going to kick off the podcast this week with really exciting news uh, Stuff the Turkey, our annual uh, food drive is coming soon to a school near you right here in Leroy Jr. Senior High School. Uh, we're kicking off our eighth annual Stuff the, Stuff the Turkey food drive on November 13th, uh, the Friday the 13th, and we're really excited to uh, get this going again this year. Uh, this year uh, we will have it will look a little different obviously with our hybrid model. We're going to talk about that today. And I have three great nights uh, that we're going to have a conversation around this great effort uh, that has been such a special tradition here at our school. So we'll start with Bailey. My name is Bailey Morris. I'm a senior and I'm the student council vice president.
1: Hi, I'm Ellie Dambra. I'm a senior and the student council president. And I'm Lindsay Daly. I'm the
2: school social worker.
0: So, Ms. Daly, let's, let's talk about just the impact that this, um, this event has every year in our community and how it benefits, uh, you know, those families.
2: Yeah, so it breaks down, you know, the barriers that some families, you know, may be having, you know, in their home. And it, it allows them to, you know, alleviate some of the stressors that come along, you know, with the holiday season time. So, you know, we're serving 180 nights in their family members. Um, and 40, fam- 40, 40 to 42 families. So, you know, it's really gonna help. We love going to the houses, seeing the faces, uh, the smiling faces that, it, you know, this food help that it brings, so
0: yeah and they ba- and basically how this works is is we collect all different types of food, um, you know starting the thirteenth all the way to the twenty third and uh, we have specific uh, dates and we'll go over those in a minute, uh, but then we basically take all that food and then we take donations uh, from um, from our staff that's been doing dress down days and we purchase fresh food, and then we put all those together in what we call our Thanksgiving feast that we deliver and drop off uh, to these families uh, right before Thanksgiving. Uh, Ellie, talk to us about, you know, this, is, this will be your sixth year participating in this. Uh, talk to us about, you know, as a student, um, you know, what it's meant to be a part of this and, and, and the environment around it.
1: It just feels really good to be able to know that you're helping out one of your peers. Even if you don't know exactly who it is, that kind of makes it even better because they're getting the help and the joy that they want at the holiday season.
0: And Bailey, you know, as as, a, as the vice president of student council, I mean, how important is it that we have big participation out of, you know, all of our students to, you know, to raise as much, you know, food as possible? I think it's important because it has a more direct impact in our own community, more so than we think. Like, there's kids that we go to school with that we don't know that they need this, but it does help them eat yeah absolutely and this uh, this delivery we uh, we do it every year on the uh, Tuesday, the last day before our uh, um, thanksgiving uh, vacation, and uh, our counseling team and myself and Mrs. Lowe we drive around and and drop off the food and it, it it's just uh, uh, it 's a huge thing and it's just I always call it you know the bringing the love back out to the community and our and our night's giving back. Um, Lindsay, talk about just the, you know, the, the impact that this does for, um, you know, for these families and just what this does as a, as a school and and how it fosters that, you know, the empathy and, and, and how that is so important in our school here.
2: Yeah, it's just nights helping nights, you know, and it's really good for, you know, all of our students to come together and support one another. Um, and the community, you feel it, you know, when you go to these houses, when you deliver this food. I mean, we're, yeah, we're delivering like multiple bags of food. You know, this isn't just the Thanksgiving meal. So they're getting more um, than, you know, what they, they would have at that, that time. So it is really um, impactful for, for these families and to continue um, helping each other and, and being a part of something that's, that is so big, that's so huge in our, in our community. And especially
0: this year, obviously with COVID and, and you know, people losing jobs mm-hmm. and, and, and money, you know, being tight. For, for everyone. I think it's just, uh, you know, it, it's such a blessing for our, our, our school community to come together. And, and like Ellie was saying, and, and Bailey's saying, is giving back, you know, directly right back, you know, to, to, to the students here at our school. Uh, I'm going to have uh, um, Ellie go through the Team Awaka days, and then I'll have Bailey do the Team Jello days as far as what the dates are, and then what to bring in.
1: So the first day is Friday, November 13th, and Team Awaka can bring in macaroni madness which is box pasta. Then the next the following week on the 19th will be baking bonanza and you can bring in flour, cornmeal, biscuits, cake, brownie and cookie mixes. And the following day, Friday the 20th is the kitchen sink day so you bring in anything you like.
0: All right, for Team Jello, their first day is going to be Monday the 16th which is can jam. That's gonna be veggies, broth,
1: gravy, soups, all that good stuff. And then the next day, Tuesday, the seventeenth, is Starch Fest, which is boxed or bagged potatoes, stuffing, and rice mixes, sweet potatoes, and rolls. And then the next week, Monday, the twenty-third,
0: will be kitchen sink, and like Ellie said, you can bring in pretty much anything. I love that kitchen sink day. It's uh, it's 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 a big time day. Now, uh, home remote students uh, that we have, their families, you guys can bring food any day. Uh, any of these themes at any time you know, between the, the 13th and the 23rd, and you can drop off right here at the main office between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. And uh, this year is pretty cool. Uh, each year we have different ways we collect it through these bins or things. And we have uh, uh, Mrs. Daly's husband is actually going to be making uh, the, uh, our big crates for us that we'll be able to use year in and year out. In the past, we've had them donated. We're pulling them out of the mud. And, you know, how cool is that, Ms. Dale? You got your husband working hard for us. We love that. Yeah,
2: he's really excited. We have a ton of pallets at our house, so he was willing to to help out. And I told him it would help us tremendously each year, you know, to have those here at the school, and he was happy to help
0: yeah that's cool. So when students when you guys walk in, we'll have the big bins and the main the main drag, uh, and we have teams and, and the seventh and twelfth graders they team up, the eighth and eleventh graders team up, and the ninth and tenth graders uh, uh, team up and this year, as we've said, we will be awarding points uh, you know with this spirit shield uh, to first, second, and third this year, so just continuing that uh, great school spirit uh, that we have here at leroy and the all time high is uh, just over t- uh, 2,300 food items in one week is, is the record to beat. Last year, we almost broke it. We were at uh, about 2,200. So let's see this year if we can get over uh, 2,400, set a new record you know, during this v- very difficult time. So I want to thank all you guys for joining us uh, on the podcast this week, and we look forward to continue to promote and uh, give back to our community and uh, have a big-time Thanksgiving feast for all. So thank you very much. All right, next up on the podcast, really excited to move the spotlight on Pride and Allies, our our club, and we're really excited to talk about that. I have some Pride and Allies uh, members here. Before we do, our Pride and Allies club is a a gay straight alliance club. Uh, We've had it here now for, geez, I want to say maybe six or seven years, uh, benefiting so many students, an all-inclusive experience. We're very proud to have had the first Gay-Straight Alliance Club in Genesee County, uh, first school out of the box to be able to offer that for our students, Um, and it is uh, advised by two great advisors, uh, Mrs. McLean and Mr. K um, are our leaders, and we have so many students, uh, 7th through 12th grade, that are in the club for so many different reasons, and and we're really proud to be able to offer that that, that, uh, uh, place for students to be able to express themselves and get support and support others. Uh, so I'm really excited to bring uh, two of the uh, um, uh, club members here today. I'll have them introduce themselves, and then we'll jump into some really good questions.
3: Hello, uh, my name is Kylie Wright. I am a junior, and I've been a part of Pride and Allies for about three or four years now.
4: And my name is Avery Curtis. I am a sophomore, and this is my first year in Pride and Allies.
0: So, Kylie, t- talk to me about what uh, are the benefits of being in this club, and why did you initially uh, join the club?
3: Um, Well, initially, when I joined the club in eighth grade, I just, I really needed someone, I needed a space where I felt comfortable and safe to just talk about anything, really, and also I was going through a lot of um, personal changes, like I was questioning my sexuality a lot, Um, but it was really just a very safe place and i feel like that's one of the things that really draws people in and one of the big benefits you feel so safe there and it's like a big family and whatever you say in the club will stay in the club unless you're you want it to you know be out there um like for example when we would do big meet and greets and we were in pictures if you didn't want to be in the pictures you didn't have to be and it was just you feel so loved and welcomed there and i feel like that's such an important thing for LGBT youth and allies just to feel safe and, like, you have someone supporting you, which Pride and Allies is all about. It's all about support.
0: And you hit it on the nail, too, because, like, so this club is obviously not just exclusive for a certain group of people. So it's, you know, it's Pride as as that LGBTQ plus community, but also the Allies, which brings in any kid that wants to be a part of it. So talk about the dynamics of, of that those two, you know, pieces together and how important the name of our club actually is, too.
3: Well, um... Miss McLean and Mr. K always like to say that uh, Mr. K is the pride and Miss McLean is the ally um, in our group, and it's so important to have that representation to show that not only is this just a safe spot for just LGBT youth, but it's not exclusive to there. If you just need a safe space to feel welcome and loved, you are welcome anytime. It can be the first meeting, it can be in the middle of the year, or it can be at the end of the year. I joined, when I first joined, it was like late in the year um, and I was welcomed. And I, I never had that feeling before in that dynamic of both allies who want to support me and knowing that they just want to help us and make sure that we are respected and cared about is so important, but also knowing that There are people with you who go through these struggles um, that LGBT youth and just LGBT in general go through, very sadly. But you you forget about that when you're in that club because you just you feel safe and welcome. And it's so important to have allies and pride representation.
0: So well said. And Avery, you know you're n- newer to the school and, and newer to this club, obviously too. Um, you know talk to me, we, you guys just had your first meeting. now, this year is different because obviously our our club is meeting virtually. Um, and and also, you know, went through a whole uh, sign up period as well. So, you know, again if you're if you're a student, you're interested, it, you know, as Kaylee said, and you, you can jump in at basically any time. But Avery, talk to us about how this, you know, how your first meeting went and and what you're excited to be a part of, you know, with Pride and Allies.
4: Um well, part of the first meeting that I was really excited about was that when we went over our introductions, when I had heard that there was more than just Pride like the LGBTQ community there, there were also a couple of allies there that were straight. It actually made me feel even better about the school in general, because I've noticed the school has been very accepting of me and my sexuality and my gender. And having people that are also accepting in the club other than LGBTQ, it was just amazing to me to see that there were people
0: that were really invested in doing that. And so walking out of that first, virtually walking out of that first meeting, I mean, what was the, you know, what was the feeling that you got and and what are you looking forward to, you know, to be a part of this, a part of this club? Um, It was actually a really good feeling. I, especially as
4: of lately and after that first meeting of the club, I felt so accepted and so helped during that. And um, it was just, I feel excited to be able to accomplish I feel as if I can actually help in the movement of the LGBT community with this club.
0: Yeah, outstanding. And, you know, talk to me about just your experience and some of the benefits. Because, I mean, this club is, you know, normally when we're running normally, is not just a club that just goes in a room after school. Um, there's just so many more things. And we've been able to do things regionally and, and on campus and off campus. What are some of the benefits that you got, if you've experienced being a part of Pride and Allies here at Leroy?
3: Um, through Pride and Allies, I have made a lot of friends outside of just Leroy, which is great because um, we do this big meetup, well, we would this year, and we're hoping to virtually or maybe in a safe area um, to meet up again with a bunch of different Pride and Allies clubs or gay Straight Alliances throughout the area. And we meet up and we just we talk about issues and we talk about solutions um we had this big like sleepover up at the glowout building up in batavia and that was so much fun um so you really just get to make a lot of friends and honestly my personal favorite moments is when we would go to the buffalo pride parade or now the batavia pride parade it's just so incredible to walk down that street and just see so many people cheering for you. You, there is no really way to describe it except just pure awe and love.
0: Wow! Yeah, no, it was uh, it was really cool. I was able to be at the Batavia parade, the first parade, and uh, so proud of you guys. And it was just great to see that so many smiles in one spot. That was uh, really powerful for sure. Uh, Avery, what would you what would you say to a kid that is like, well, you know, I'm not maybe in, interested, or I'm kind of nervous, or you know, like, what what would be your selling point to a person that's kind of on the fence to be a part of this type of experience? Well, you know what, like, I can understand why somebody would be on edge about that, especially
4: like somebody who is either straight and worried about getting bullied because like they're getting they're gonna get bullied for that, or somebody who is questioning their sexuality or gender. And wants to join it and i'll just say it is a very accepting club in general and no matter who you are they'll like the LGBTQ community has always been somebody to accept anybody regardless of anything and i mean all i can say is just don't really worry about what other people think that's a lesson that i've had to learn throughout life throughout because of my sexuality my gender and just my weight in general and stuff and it's just been something that i've learned but this has definitely been the most accepting school and the most accepting club that I've ever
0: been in. Awesome. Well, we love hearing that. And uh, let's talk about our advisors. So we have Mrs. McClain, Mr. K. I mean, you're getting to know them. Obviously, you know them really well. Uh, you know, what do you guys have to say about the environment and how they foster you guys and support? Like, just put it out there about what, what, your, what your take is on our awesome club advisors. I'd like to go first? Sure. Um,
4: <laughs> I haven't actually met Mr. K yet, um, but That's I have great. met Ms. Love McLean. Um, she has, when I first came to the school, she actually mentioned the club to me, and it was, because I had seen that there was a pride parade in the school banner when I looked at the school website at first, and when I had asked people about it, they had like introduced me to it, and she just seemed very accepting of me. And she actually wanted, caused me to want to come out to the school, which is something I had never done before at my last school because I was too scared to. And she has just been very supportive of everyone. And she is, as she likes to describe herself, a super
0: ally. <laughs> so true.
3: Um, Mr. K... Uh is just a wonderful, wonderful man. He is so welcoming and he, <laughs> it's very true when he and Mrs. McLean say that they are like work husband and wife. It is very true. They reflect off of each other very well. And a lot of what Avery said about Mrs. McLean can also be said for Mr. K. He is just so welcoming and he wants everyone to just feel welcome and safe and happy in Pride Allies. And he is just, so amazing, and I'm so, I couldn't think of any better advisors for Pride Allies, to be honest. They're just wonderful.
0: And they also are very talented oh, yeah. in, uh, in their in their own uh, uh, areas, as far as singing and performance. And uh, it's great to see the impact that they have on you guys, not only in the club, but obviously as director and assistant director uh, for our musical every year. So it's just it's great to see the talents, and then the support, and, and working with all different types of students is is obviously huge. What is uh, last question? Um, you know, what does it mean for you guys? You know, to um, you know to be able to work and make change, and 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 be able to you know you know open up people's eyes of how to how to respect and to, you know to talk to me about that that arena.
3: Um, for me, I feel like I've always been a bit of an activist, um, and through this club, I just feel like the activist in me just continues to grow. And I love I love speaking, <laughs> like I love public speaking to people about. LGBT issues or just any issues in general um, because I feel like it's so important that we educate people young or old but you know it's easier to educate younger kids other than older people because they have a fresh look in the world and they don't have a set mindset yet and I feel like it's so important to let people know that there is more than just a man and woman being married or there is just more than a man and a woman. There is, there's so many different genders and sexualities and I feel like it's so important to educate people and through this club we are able to and it's
4: great. Hmm. Um, Me personally, I haven't done much in the LGBTQ community as much as I'd like to. Um, So when I found out that there was the ability that I could do that in this club, I was actually really excited to be able to and like They said, um, being able to educate people on it is, me, myself, I need to be educated more. I might, I don't even know all the different sexualities and the different genders, like the different pronouns. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't know that. And there's some people that might not be necessarily accepting of it, but a lot of people that I've met that aren't accepting of it are more not accepting of it because they don't understand it. And I feel like if they were to be educated on it a little bit better, then they would accept it a little bit better. And I feel like that's going to be really
0: good for the community. Yeah, I can't agree more. And you guys are two great gems that I'm so proud of both of you and and, and how you carry yourself and, and, and the impact that you have on our students here at our school. And uh, really proud that you took time out of your day to join us on the podcast so we can learn more and, and, and get excited about this unbelievable opportunity that we continue to have here at our school. So thanks so much for being on the podcast. We can't wait to see what Pride and Allies is going to do again this year and the big things that uh, and the positive things that are going to come out of the club. So thank you very much.
3: Thanks for having us.
0: All right, next up on the podcast this week, I'm really excited to put the spotlight on our hybrid teaching and specifically our teachers. Our teachers have done an amazing job uh, so far this year in you know, basically shifting um, and doing a lot of new things. It's a huge challenge that our teachers and educators across the country have been able to step up to the plate and hit home runs for our kids. And our Leroy teachers have done just that. They've put in countless hours of work, creativity to basically shift um, and evolve what they do to meet this hybrid model that we're in. So I have two department chairs uh, joining us uh, uh, today. I'm excited to have them here. I have Ms. Martin, who is our uh, department chair for social studies, and I have uh, Ms. Bradley, who is our uh, department chair for English. So thank you guys for joining uh, the podcast this week.
5: Thank you.
0: So we'll start with uh, Miss Bradley. Why don't you jump in and just kind of talk to us about you know just the, 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 the challenge when you first started this year of a hybrid model. And for those that you know, maybe are out of town and don't know our, our model, we have two teams, uh, technically three teams. Uh, on Monday, Tuesday, we have home remote students that, that uh, come Zoom in uh, for live instruction. And then we have Team Jello that shows up to school and then on Thursday, Friday, we have Team AWACA that comes to school um, as well. And then all students on Wednesday uh, virtually go through a schedule together all nine periods of the day. So why don't you talk about some of those challenges, Miss Bradley, that, that you have encountered coming in and how you've kind of, you know, redefined what you do. Uh,
5: the challenge for me has been, you know, in a full week of introducing a new skill or a new content is typically you have those five days to work with. And so you introduce and you work together for a few days. And then you the kids apply it at home with homework or, you know, a project the next week, so on. Whereas now you are limited to kind of two days, you know, with together. So I've really modified my schedule. So Monday is me introducing, discussing. Tuesday we work together. So group work or class discussion, so on. And then that sets them up for the at-home learning where they're applying it independently. So I've kind of followed that model all the way through with a little bit of kind of that pre-work ahead of time a few times. So like today, for example, in AP, we are discussing Letter from Birmingham Jail by Martin Luther King Jr. So I did the pre-reading ahead of time. And then we're working on the skills and focusing on like that particular thing. So it was really just kind of reorganizing how I look at things and how I can focus more on what's kind of the most important skill. So it's more of slow moving, more intense skill building. Whereas before it would be, let's spend a week on this one piece, you know, and kind of move where that class needed. But it's a lot more kind of focused and intentional, like the week or two leading up to it even.
0: And Miss Bradley teaches all of our juniors uh, in, in, at the English level, and we'll talk about that age group too. Uh, Miss Martin does all of our freshmen in in, in global studies, and Miss um, Martin, talk to us about how you've kind of attacked, you know, this hybrid model and and what your strategies have been to you know maximize your time and your students.
6: Well, I face some of the same challenges that Miss Bradley faces, trying to engage the students when we're in class together because my course is content driven so i need to give the students the information that they need um, on the topics that we're studying and then expect them to go home and be able to use those independently to build skills and and understanding but it's a little hard sometimes to make it interesting when you're giving and providing content so we've been using things that i've been using for years like pear deck which is an interactive slideshow So that the kids are engaged as we're doing our content um, as well. So trying to keep it interesting and fresh has been a challenge, but um, thankfully some of those pieces that we have, like Pear Deck, have helped.
0: And let's talk about some of that technology. And I think um, you know, you you, both of you have kind of been our our pioneers as far as technology, you know, in this building and in pushing our, our, our building to the next level with technology. Stepping out of your comfort zone, trying new things. You know, Cole, why don't you talk about some of the the resources that you're using or that are are new that maybe you haven't used before, um, you know, and really, you know, dipping into the technology bucket of resources.
5: Uh, For me, one of the big pieces has been GimKit. I've used it before in the past as more of that competitive kind of interactive review. But this year I'm using it as vocabulary practice. So instead of quizzes, I've just kind of got rid of the traditional vocab quizzes and review quizzes, and instead, um, every group, regardless if you're Jello or Waka, on Fridays has a GimKit due. So that's why I'm introducing and reviewing vocabulary for both of my courses. So that's been an interesting piece, and the kids have said that, you know, it's they feel like they know it better, because it's forcing them to review, you know, they have a goal number they have to get to, so it's forcing them to review more than just kind of memorizing in homeroom, you know, 10 mm-hmm. minutes before they're taking the quiz and then forgetting it. So that's been nice. Um, And the AP classroom, actually, it's not user-friendly, but it is nice. They're actually kind of posting videos, tutorials, and so on. So, like, whereas a lot of teachers in the building are creating ed puzzles, Mm -hmm. um, I have the luxury of not having to do that for the AP course because AP College Board is doing that for us. So it's, like, under 10-minute videos um, and then there's multiple choice questions attached to them as well.
0: That's yeah, great. And just, it's been cool to see the resources that some of these different organizations or places have, have come up with. And, it, and, you know, it's always great to be able to you know, access and take advantage of that work that's been created. Uh, Ms. Martin, talk to us about any of the new resources you're using or kind of give people a little, you know, insight into, into what a pair Deck is.
6: So um, I'm also using GimKit and Pear Deck would be two of my biggest tools, but there's tons that I've been using for years, but now I can use in a different way. So Kahoot, Quizzes, um, Edpuzzle, these are all things I've been using, but they've all adjusted to the point where you can assign them as homework to a student remotely. Oftentimes I was using these in class to review. So it's really nice to be able to assign it to the students. Thankfully, the technology has kind of made that available. And, Pear Deck is a really good tool for me because we do so many notes and notes are no one's favorite, not my favorite, not the student's favorite, but it's just necessary to get the content out. Um, and so the Pear Deck is this interactive slide show in which students would be asked in the midst of the presentation to sh- demonstrate their knowledge and understanding in a variety of ways, everything from drawing pictures um, of a concept or idea, doing a multiple choice, um, voting. Um, they have draggables on maps where you can place, uh, you know, a pin on a map of a certain region that we might be studying. So it's a really good and fun interactive way for us to, um, to review the materials and kind of keep them on their toes instead of enabling them to kind of zone out as the presentation <laughs> is happening
0: yeah these are these are just great resources, and I wish uh, any of our listeners could uh, get into these two classrooms or any of our classrooms for that matter in our school, just to see the quality and how uh, creative our teachers have become in this in this situation um, let 's talk about one of the most important parts, basically the root of your success is the importance of connecting with students and building that relationship in the classroom to then be able to do all these things. Um, you know, how have you been able to to do that in this type of, of situation of the hybrid that we're in this year?
5: Um, I think it's important to establish kind of that connection in the beginning, just the fact that you want to have that connection. Uh, so I spend homeroom time asking them questions, you know, talking to them, chatting them up about sports or you know the musical was this morning, kind of the talk of homeroom. Uh, so that's important, but I think email lately. Has really increased. I've emailed more than I've ever emailed in my life since March. <laughs> um, but even just kind of that interaction with students, you know, sick student, like reach out to them, how are you feeling? You know, that sort of thing. So it has not been as difficult as I thought it was going to be. Um, but you know, it's definitely in a different way.
6: I feel like it's taken a little bit longer now because we see them so uh, fewer days of the week. Um, But I can already feel it starting to happen now, where it would have happened a little earlier. I can start to feel the comfort in the classroom kind of um, start to increase and um, a little bit more rapport with the students and I do find that the email has even with my remote students who I don't get to see in person I have a relationship with them even if it is through email a lot of it you know I had a student whose birthday was yesterday he wasn't going to be in class so I sent him an email and I think those little moments those little gestures are things that that help so um, it's been a it's been a different process, but I still think it's
0: there. Yeah, outstanding. You both do a great job with that, and your teachers uh, or your students just you know love love the classroom environment that you guys both create. Now, something you might not know about uh, you know Miss Bradley and Miss Martin is they they they're, they're carpoolers. Uh, you know they uh, this is a carpool uh, you know podcast as well. Um, you know, they both commute in here and uh, have been doing that for a long time. And um, you know, just talk about you know what it what it means to carpool together. Uh, talk about just you know commuting in here. You're both veteran teachers now. You know, I hate to use that but you guys are so young, but you're veteran teachers here. You know, what, what does it mean for you to be you know working this com- in this community, being a part of this community, and, and, and carpooling together?
6: It's nice. We carpooled years and years ago, and then I had to ruin it by having children. and. But needed... Janice Mantel as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we had to drop the kids off. Um, so we parted ways and only carpooled every once in a while. But this new model, I only have to bring the kids twice a week. So we chopped right back into it because we live about a mile from each other in Rochester. And it's nice to be able to decompress at the end of the day or talk about what we've got planned for the day on the way in. We both noted this morning that we are behind on our podcasts um, because we are talking instead of listening <laughs> to our podcasts and like books on, you know, audio books and things like that. But um, I really appreciate it on any day that we can do it. Not only the savings in gas, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but the, the extra time just kind of talking about what's going on has been really nice. It's nice to have that like decompressing time too, where
5: it's, you know, it's like this work can be hard and emotional and, cause you're working with people, but you know, to have that kind of, all right, you get in the car with a friend and then you can kind of just, you feel better when you get home, you yeah. know, on a stressful day. So that's nice.
0: Yeah. Great. And, and, and then the other question was, is just, what does it mean for you to be working here at Leroy? You both, like I said, have been here for a while. Um, you know, clearly enjoy being here. I mean, what, you know, just sum up your, your experience.
6: I love teaching in Leroy, you know, I'm here, this is my 24th year, and I'm now definitely at the phase where I am having students of students, and in, in large numbers, um, <laughs> so that was inevitable, but I, I love that connection to the community, and I'm just, I'm thankful to teach her, I always say that it's worth the commute, you know, I could have taken a job in Monroe County, um, you know, many times, but there's just no way I was going to leave the, the community that was here, I just love the students really special.
5: Yeah, I started out as a one-year long-term sub, so I definitely didn't expect to be here, you know, 17 years later, Um, but it's great, and I talk about this community so positively and about my students all the time that I have friends who aren't teachers who ask about, you know, the kids and the community and, you know, that sort of, and check in on them, really. You know, it's nice to be part of a small town when you, you know, I didn't grow up in a small town, so it's nice to have that kind of connection to a place.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, listen, I appreciate you guys taking time to be on the podcast and sharing, you know, your, your experience because this is all new for all of us, and uh, and I really appreciate the effort that you're giving to our students and 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 our faculty. So, thanks so much for being on the podcast this week.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
0: We'll finish off the podcast this week with my social media pick of the week. This week, I want to draw your attention to our post on November 4th, announcing our first knowledgeable nights. We're really proud of our October winners and the knowledgeable nights are AKA the students of the month for each of our departments uh, that we have here academically. Our teachers submit uh, nominations from each department and then our Emerging Knights leadership team makes the selections. So this, sh- this month we're really excited uh, to get our knowledgeable Knights up and running again. And we look forward to this uh, at the beginning of each month for the previous month's winners. I want to thank our knowledgeable Knights for their dedication and effort uh, rising above and doing great things here, especially during our hybrid model. I also want to thank our emerging Knight leadership team for their, their dedication and commitment to this effort again this year in selecting each uh, month's winner. So check that out November 4th. It's also in our newsletter this week, our weekly update, so check that out as well. Congratulations to all of our all those students and their families. Thanks again for tuning in uh, from Awake Night Country. As always, go Knights.